Hello. Hi. Can Welcome you... back. This is the Diet Riot Podcast, everybody. With Brooke and Alyssa Miller. Both dietitians. Not both related. From the, both from the Midwest. What else do we say? Um, Other things? Both I don't know. We're both moms. With the letter A. Yeah, name. we both have sons. <laughs> we both... Well, you're more warm than I am, but I was going to say we both pronounce warm, warm. And bag, bag. I'm not so bad. <laughs> I'm not so bad. We both do mom. Hey, mom. Okay, anyways. We're cool moms. <laughs> We're not like those regular moms. We're cool moms. We're not regular moms. We're cool moms. nothing to do with our topic today. <laughs> today we're going to talk about something called orthorexia and um, you may not know what that is so why don't you fill us in on what it is. All right everybody so orthorexia is kind of it's a newer term most people have heard of anorexia or bulimia but you may not have heard of orthorexia so it's an obsessive behavior regarding a healthy diet and health. So you're not necessarily focused on weight, like weight weight loss, like you would be with anorexia or bulimia, but you are becoming obsessive with having a healthy diet and your health. Yeah. It can go hand in hand with anorexia nervosa and obsessive compulsive disorder, but you're not as focused, you're not necessarily as focused on weight as yeah. you would be with anorexia nervosa or bulimia. So it falls under the umbrella of eating disorders in general. So we kind of... I think a lot of people use eating disorders interchangeably with disordered eating. And really, technically, orthorexia isn't listed in the DSM-5, which is like the, what is it's it? It's the called? Diagnostic... And Statistical... And Statistical Manual. Manual. Boom. But it's how they the make fifth. diagnoses. Yeah. yeah, so it's like a list of all the diagnoses people could possibly have. And so orthorexia is not listed yet. However, there is a lot of speculation that it will be. In the next DSM, um, six, I guess. <laughs> I think that's how they do it. I think it goes up. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. But anyways, so technically it would be considered disordered eating, which is like a lower standard. But we all know, and I think we can all attest that orthorexia is probably a full-on eating disorder, <laughs> especially yeah. in today's day and age. Well, and... Um, it used to be called eating disorder not otherwise specified, right? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, ICD-10 codes. Yeah, and now there's something called other specified feeding or disorder, or eating disorder, I'm sorry. And so I think orthorexia would be considered eating that. It's, it's not a specified yeah. necessarily, but yeah, it, I'm sure it will be. But it's basically someone who's taken quote-unquote healthy eating and gone to an extreme place of like they're afraid or they will not or they you know avoid foods that are not considered healthy according to them and that's the other thing that I thought was kind of interesting is like where, like they get this information from where mm -hmm. and then they base it's in their head and it, they're stuck in their own head about what's healthy and what's not and they will only eat off one list and not off the other and literally will starve themselves if 
they're if they don't have access to the foods that they think are healthy. Yeah, I mean, some people with orthorexia, they only eat like ten foods, and that's it. So that's you're not horrifying. even like varying a diet. Mm-hmm. So that means like vi- when it comes to vitamins and minerals, you're not getting enough if you're not if you're eating the same thing every day. Yeah. Oh. So at least I mean, so as you can imagine, someone who's super restrictive of which foods they eat, what types of foods they eat, how the foods are prepared, what ingredients are you know they're obsessively looking at. The ingredient list they're you know inspecting everything like I just picture someone coming over to my house and just being super judgmental yeah I know and that is actually like one of the um, not criteria but kind of one of the things is that oh, they yeah, like the, fa- the risk factors or yeah one of the risk factors is that like they checklist. they are very concerned about what other people are eating yeah and almost judgmental about what other totally. people are eating yep they judge the health of like the people around them. We have a special guest today. It's Ashton Miller. Yeah, he's Can you tell? happy. Oh, he's tired, Go but he's sleep. super sweet, and he's gonna be on the podcast. So and so will little baby girl, little baby girl Miller, other Miller, soon. We're just gonna have babies and dietitians all the time. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, as you would imagine. That if you're super restrictive with which foods you're eating, when you're eating, you know, things like that, you can end up malnourished, which is a big problem. So deficient in several different vitamins and minerals. Also, obviously, a very negative just quality of life, (laughs) like literally your quality of life saying no to social engagements, um, avoiding certain like events or anything where food might be served that you don't know what's in it. Um, and then also a lot of shame, guilt, fear, judgment (laughs) that you might be dealing with. And that's really stressful. And so basically it's taking, it's taking everything to the extreme. So you want to be healthy. So you're going to eat healthy foods. And now all of a sudden healthy foods, you start to whittle away. And I've seen a lot of people do this where they take healthy foods that are perfectly healthy for you Mm -hmm. and then start to say, well, only if it's organic or only if it's non-GMO or only if it's local, well, only if it's prepared this certain way. And you start to actually whittle down healthy foods that are generically healthy to this like tiny little pile of foods that you'll eat. Right. Like they wouldn't eat every fruit and vegetable. Right. Which is insane. I mean, fruit and vegetables are... Great. O- overwhelmingly great for yes. you. Yes. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and again, when you're just limiting your diet so much and cutting out, like, complete food groups, like, a lot of what I saw was cutting out all meat, yes. all dairy, all sugar, all, car- like, all carbohydrates, which is fruits and vegetables. I mean, right. you are just limiting, like, so many vitamins and minerals. Um, but it, it's like a real fear and panic and yes. anxiety of going, you know, going anywhere. And a lot of what I read, too, is that, People, not that they necessarily imagine that they have food allergies, but kind of will be like, oh, well, I get really bloated or I get reactions if I have gluten or dyes or certain, what, you know, name anything. Name anything. Exactly. And they'll be like, I have this allergy to pesticides. Right. It's like, well, you don't have an allergy to it. I get if you want to eat organic, but, you know, so it's, yeah, it's interesting. It is interesting, and it definitely does play, you know, I think, I think too, what's interesting is what I was reading about it, is it does tend to play 
a very specific role in dietitians. So dietitians are very susceptible because we're around food all the time. We're, you know, learning about how food is processed, how food is made, how food is created, the different labelings and all this stuff. And you're bombarded with this nutrition information all the time. And it can be very easy for a lot of dietitians who are already type A to then develop unhealthy eating patterns to only eat healthy. And then like I said, whittling that down to a really unhealthy place. <laughs> um, so I think that was interesting to find out, like dietitians just in general, or you're already obsessed with food, so then you choose to become a dietitian because you're already looking into it anyways. And so you're basically changing the course of your life for what career you're going to go into because you're so obsessed about food. And that's really what they talk about. It's the obsessive compulsive behaviors around food it's having um, negative body image, and like Brooke said, it's not necessarily weight-based, but it'll be like body image or health-based. Oh, I had, I don't know, a banana that wasn't organic, I'm going to die of cancer. Like putting these two things together that are not, A, never been shown to even be causation, but to also be so afraid of developing some sort of health issue that you're limiting your food. And this is, I think, really interesting because when I first started like going into the field of dietetics, I feel like a big saying was food is medicine. Oh, yeah. And Me now, too. Yeah. And now it's kind of this flip of like, yeah, food can be medicine, I guess, but not by itself. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think it kind of gives this wrong idea of food where you're putting it kind of on this pedestal to treat things or to cure things or to prevent things. And although food is an important component to our overall health, it's not medicine. Medicine is medicine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Right. Totally. So for some of these people that already have this trigger, already have this mindset to then say food is medicine, they take it to this extreme of I can only eat the purest of pure, healthiest of healthiest foods and then, like you said, they cut out complete. And it's funny because if you talk to, like, people who have orthorexia, I bet their diets differ from each other so oh, much. Oh, absolutely. It's not like a, yeah, one could be doing something similar to, like, right. keto. One could yes. be a vegan. I mean, I think more, I could see it being more vegan yeah. versus, like, keto. But, yeah, I think it's it's typically, like, cutting out all it's whatever meats, you've like read. All, yeah, what, yeah, you just pick something and yeah. go... To the extreme, essentially. And this is something else we're going to talk about and touch on in this episode that I have a real hard time not getting hyped up over, so I'm going to try my best to keep it cool. But I think that this comes from the fact that there are people out there spewing crap, especially social media influencers, mm -hmm. spewing absolute crap about food and health, and here's what I do in the morning, and here's what you should do too, and here are the supplements I'm on, that I think people then take this information, internalize it, and that's where they get their information of what's healthy and what's not. Or what, you know, I should have a green smoothie every morning, and then they're stuck on this green smoothie for the rest of their lives that they right. hate or is poorly mixed or doesn't have, you know, the correct vitamins and minerals in it, but it is green, so it's okay. It's insane. So, social media influencers, <laughs> I tend to lose my cool when I talk about them because they can recommend the craziest crap. Literally the craziest crap. Yeah, people will go for it. And people watch it, and it's really sad because honestly, the biggest social media influencers out there that are posting things about supplements, they're getting paid, guys. They're getting paid to tell you what to take. This is not, probably, most of the time, it's probably not even something they take daily. Yeah, maybe some, like a vitamin maybe or something. something. Yeah, something like or that's not going to hurt you. Or whatever. Yeah, and there are things that won't hurt you for sure. But this is something, you know, from 
my internship that I saw, a lot of our trans, um, transplant patients were because they were taking vitamins and minerals, mixing them, and actually having a negative reaction on their liver, mm-hmm. and they actually went into liver failure because of it. So yeah. Not to freak you out, but also just definitely to freak you out well, that it can happen. Just looking at, like, diet pills and yes. those kinds of oh, things, it's gosh. like... They they can really they can give you a heart attack. I mean, mm-hmm. like yeah, you, yeah, exactly. You can damage organs from taking these things. Like most of them are not regulated by the FDA. Right. Not that the FDA like <laughs> does a great job regulating everything, but like you know, if they're not regulating by an- anything, yeah. I mean, it's kind of scary what you. can I mean, there was a body. study that came out while I was in my internship that I wish I knew the name off the top of hand, but I don't. But basically, that took vitamins across the board and compared their actual quantities based on what they said they had. Oh. So, like, I remember one of it was, like, iron pills, and it was, like, had a certain amount on the on the bottle. It said it has this much iron. Well, when they actually tested the iron pills, they were all over the map of how much iron they actually contained, or vitamin C, um, calcium, a lot of these things that people take daily thinking that they're being healthy and thinking, oh, these are the numbers, here's the max that I can take, I've added it up, here's that, and you know what? Nothing's been done to fix that. But we yeah. know that it's super inconsistent. Which well, is and even if you're taking certain vitamins or supplements and then you have medications, mm-hmm. they can interact too, which is totally. something people don't really think. They just think, oh, my medicines will interact. But even like grapefruit, yeah. eating grapefruit interacts with like a million meds. Yes. So it's like if you're taking all these supplements that aren't regulated by the FDA and then you're on prescription medications for something... Right. You could really be doing some damage. And not even know it for until, you know, once until you start seeing late. signs that it, it can be too late. And then you're looking at, you know, also food interactions with vitamins and minerals, vitamins and minerals that you're taking or supplements with your medications. All of them can interact. All of them can bind each other up so you don't get the benefits of any. Some of them can actually release more potency of that medication or more potency of that supplement. And so you really can go in any direction. This is why you need a dietitian. <laughs> A dietitian, a pharmacist, a doctor. (laughs) Everyone. There's a lot that goes into it. And so I think one of my biggest frustrations is when people are on social media giving out blanket advice or recommending blanket products, you have no idea who you're talking to. You know, if you're talking to someone who has, you know, acute kidney failure or or, um, whatever, you know, they might be having, like, literally going through kidney failure and then you're recommending these supplements. And it could put them in the hospital. And that's terrifying to me. And it's terrifying that people don't understand that just because this is healthy for this girl on social media doesn't mean it's healthy for you and your body and what you respond to. Well, and I feel like these are all things that are kind of a gateway to a even more severe eating disorder. Totally. So like orthorexia, it could start out okay, where you're not really doing a lot of damage, but then it could get to the point where... It's so severe that it could cause a cardiac issue or death, just like anorexia nervosa can cause those things, and bulimia nervosa can cause those things. So, right, it, it, I just feel like it's it's just this gateway that it you can really go down the rabbit hole and like cause some major damage to your body that you can't get back. Like, there's some damage that eating disorders do that. Like, your body will never be the same. I mean, right. you can ruin it your dysregulates bones. dysregulates your hormones. Yeah, your yeah, bones. Yeah, your bone density. Even Metabolism. CTs of your brain. There's Ugh. studies about that. We'll talk about that in the next episode. Um, yeah, it can, like, damage your brain. That's so scary. It's so scary. So, I think orthorexia, I think, has become, is a relatively new term. And I think 
I think, this is just my opinion, so take it or leave it. I think it's because of the social media world that we live in, because people are so into the comparison game. And so into clean eating. Clean Clean. Eating. Yeah, clean. Clean. It's clean. It's clean eating. It's like, it's a fucking, sorry, <laughs> apple. Like, it's just like, it's fine. Yeah. Like, I follow this account Good for you Instagram. for eating an apple. Like, I love them. It's great. It's delicious. Keep eating them, but... Um, Calm down, people. It is crazy how people get so obsessed over things where it's like, okay, you're still eating fruits and vegetables. Like, don't avoid fruits and vegetables just because they're not organic and then turn around and eat something. (laughs) Again! I don't even have my pill here. Oh, no. Oh, no. Brooke's getting pregnant. pregnant. It's happening. It's happening (laughs) Let's start this rumor. Um, Tell Jesse, everybody. (laughs) Surprise. Baby announcement. Oh, Um, God. Yeah, so I think, like, because we're in this world of social media where everyone shares what they're eating, and no one, by the way, no one's sharing ugly, gross food, like <laughs> leftover pizza. Yeah, like, I'm going to eat pizza for dinner tonight. <laughs> I'm probably not going to post that on Instagram and be like, hashtag fatty for life. <laughs> fatty for life. Okay, we just posted a ton of recipes this next week. We should just, like, post all of our leftover crappy food that we're, like... Or, like, eating out or something. It's fine. Because it happens more. Like, I mean, I just was telling Brooke about how we eat quesadillas more frequently than I would prefer because I'm pregnant and tired by the time dinner rolls around. So dad makes quesadillas his his specialty. <laughs> yeah, I mean. While I was editing the last podcast, he totally heard me th- throw him under the bus. And he's oh no. he was doing dishes at the time, and I was complaining on the podcast about how he doesn't clean. And he was like, he's like, oh, really? Me? <laughs> it was the excuse me situation because i'm sitting on the couch editing our podcast like not that that's not work but it's like i'm lazy about it sitting on the couch and he's like doing dishes and he's like what are you saying about me and i was like nothing it's fine it's fine you keep going podcast next week sets it up it's fine so i officially apologize for throwing my husband under the bus (laughs) way to go Okay, I keep getting distracted. Okay, social media. I have some yes. cool statistics. Ooh, not great. that they're cool. I have no statistics. They're not cool statistics. They're okay. really sad, actually. Oh. Um, by six-year-old... Can't by, wait to get depressed. <laughs> by the time kids, especially girls, turn six years old, um, they have a lot of concerns about their weight. So 40 oh. to 60% of elementary school girls are scared to be fat. Elementary. I mean, that's like a real fear. And then another oh. statistic is that... Um, Using social media for 30 minutes a day, it can change the way we view our bodies. So 11 hours a day is the average time a person uses media. So that includes... How many? 11. But that includes TV, podcasts, radio, radio, social media, ads, magazines. I mean, it's like just media in general. But like, think of how much... Even just opening a magazine. How many hours are people awake? I don't know. Like 14? I don't 16? know. That's insane. <laughs> I mean, I guess I can see it, but that's insane. Yeah. It's really sad about the girls. It's it's sad. And even like, you know, I know little kids who used to tell me, like this little boy, I used to babysit. He was like, I'm going to measure my calf today and I'm going to measure it tomorrow and I'm going to see what it is. And I'm like, buddy, you are like seven. Like, how are you... Getting these thoughts in I your head. I didn't think of measuring a calf until I was a dietitian, and they were like, oh, you could maybe measure a calf to see, you know. Yeah, and muscle. I was like, let's not. My calves are huge. <laughs> <laughs> we have some Midwestern calves between the two of us, I would yeah. say. Some softball, volleyball calves. Yeah, no and joke. then the other thing was just like, 
you're more at risk of eating disorders in general, like orthorexia and any other eating disorder if you're an athlete, which I get, I guess. Yeah, I I think that goes back to, like, the food is medicine or, like, the food is fuel. The food is, like, its only purpose is there to, like, serve you because it's, like, you're missing a whole arena of what food can be in your life of, like, excitement and deliciousness, just pure happiness and bliss, yeah. and you're basically whittling it down. And I've had people in my life do this before where they're like, oh, I'm on a diet, but my diet is that I only eat foods just to, like, just to fuel my body. Like, it, it has nothing, like, I'm just going to eat this hard-boiled egg and a celery stick because that's what my body needs. And it's like, where you're missing out on a ton of awesomeness about food and then you're also replacing it with crap food that you don't even enjoy and it doesn't serve your body any more or less than like making an actual egg salad sandwich <laughs> you know yeah, my dad insane. and brother do this they like yes. literally they just eat for fuel and like they eat to like get the calories so they can go to the gym it's like and pump protein shakes and, and it's so funny because i'm like you guys don't even taste your food. Like, you right. devour it so fast. And they eat, like, my brother, he eats the same thing every day. And I'm like, yep. uh, yeah, like, it's great. You have 5% body fat and good good for you. But, like, do you ever just, like, go out to eat and enjoy, like, just this amazing food that, like, right. I don't know. Like, I love going out for sushi because it's not something I can make at home. <laughs> I've tried it. And it's not great, uh-huh. you know. But... <laughs> You know, like, it's it's just, it's like an experience right. to go out and have this delicious food that you normally don't get. Yeah. And there are so many more, like, mental and spiritual components to eating food than just for fuel. fuel. Yeah, and it is great. You should want to fuel your body with good things most of the time. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and it is, it's kind of a fine line, and I think that's one of the reasons why they haven't defined it like orthorexia because it is a fine line between like wanting to eat healthy and like avoiding foods that have you know proven to like you know increase your heart risk for heart failure Mm -hmm. or whatever you know things like that that cancer some research I get it but it's also a balance and that's what life is so I think it's hard to define orthorexia but like the biggest triggers that I saw that were like it's an obsessive behavior that you're always thinking about your next meal, what you can, can't eat. You're always thinking about where you're going, what kind of food they're going to have available there, or you are omitting eating completely at an event and skipping meals because you're afraid of what that food might do to your body. So like going from a place of, I generally want to be healthy. What choices can I make that are better to obsessively worrying about what these foods are going to do to you or that you can't have it because it's terrifying. Like if a Cheeto terrifies you, you might have orthorexia. <laughs> yeah. Cheetos aren't scary, guys. Cheetos I mean, are great. They may glow in the dark, but they are delicious. They make your fingers a little orange. A little bit orange. Good. <laughs> so the biggest thing I saw as far as, um, I don't know if curing is the right word, treating. Yeah, I don't think there's like really a cure. It's right. just I think the treatment is very similar to other eating disorders. Right. And eventually the goal is to get to a place of intuitive eating, which Brooke and I talk mm-hmm. about on every single podcast. But getting to a place of listening to your body, wants, desires, cravings, satisfaction, needs, but also like playing in consideration with your health and wellness and how you're going to feel after eating that food and how your body responds to that food specifically and making choices um, on what you're going to eat based on all of those factors and not solely based on if this food is a quote-unquote healthy food or not, according to you. So 
obviously get with a professional if you think you might have orthorexia. This is by no means a podcast. To we are cure not or treat diagnosing anything. you. We are not, We're not treating you. We're not telling you what to do. We should put that disclaimer at the beginning. We need to like actually make a real disclaimer with like professional words. I mean, not. just take our <laughs> advice to a point, everybody. This We're is not for entertainment value. Yeah. We like to educate, but we're not we're not treating you yeah, specifically. Right. So so but seriously I would recommend getting with a dietitian in person to deal with um, orthorexia or any eating disorder, of course, or even if you don't have an eating disorder or disordered eating, like I think it'd be really helpful. But basically if you have fear around food versus like healthy food and unhealthy food, orthorexia is what that entails you know, it entails it all. So I don't know what I'm trying to say. Fear around food is n- is not good. It's a right. slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. You shouldn't be afraid of food because it's awesome. It is awesome. And I'll eat it if you don't want to. Exactly. It's I'll eat your leftovers. <laughs> they used to call me the garbage disposal in high school. Really? Me and one of my girlfriends, yeah, because we would always eat whatever was left over in everybody's plate. <laughs> and my friend, who was the other garbage disposal, she was literally like... 80 pounds in high school just oh like gosh. she could put down food though yeah. she's the same way still now she's small right. and genetics man Those she genes. can still eat a lot but that's, that's great that's awesome. i like i have food safety issues when i eat people like even with i love oh, my son yeah, so much and he can eat my food but i won't eat like off his plate I'm like mm, we're good yeah we're good, you like, drooled a lot like, even my husband you're in daycare can, like, what do you ex- take a bite but i'm over it what have you that. been exposed yes, to today for real Oh, I did want to say that people struggling with orthorexia may um, use terms to, like, justify the way that they're eating in public. So if you've noticed or, like, they've – maybe you have a friend who might be struggling with this, and not that it's your place to judge, but if they come over and they're like, oh, I'm a vegan, or oh, I am doing this diet, or I'm doing that diet, sometimes diets can play, like, a nice – like, they can use it as kind of, like, a curtain to hide their disordered eating. Same with, like, allergies and intolerances. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Okay, yeah. So we kind of already covered that. But I thought that was interesting that a lot of people will say, like, oh, I'm a vegan. But even when you offer them a vegan option that isn't within their realm of, like, let's say it's not organic. And I keep saying organic because that was the first time I was ever introduced to orthorexia. Mm-hmm. It was presented to me in a way where people were so worried about the pesticides and, like, the GMOs and things that they wouldn't eat things that weren't organic, which we'll talk about in another episode, Yep, um, which I think will be good. But basically people can use that kind of as a veil to hide their disordered eating. And that's true of any eating disorder or disordered eating. But yeah, be careful. It's a slippery slope. Talk to a dietitian if you think you're struggling with it. Um, but I think it's just sad because I think our social media has made it I think it's way made it more worse. prevalent way more prevalent Mm -hmm. than it ever used to be because people are comparing everything that they're eating to people, you know, and it's like even your influencer friends who have green smoothie for breakfast and perfectly portioned out salad for lunch and, you know, their chia seed pudding for dessert or whatever, those those people do not eat like that all the time. (laughs) And if they do, they they have an eating disorder. (laughs) Right. And this is, so I've been wanting to do on my social media, like a what I eat in a day, and I like them. I really do like watching what I eat in a day videos. Have you ever seen those? No. They're videos like on YouTube that people like will post um, what they eat in a day. And I think it's really interesting. If you don't have a healthy mindset, it's not interesting. It's damaging. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have a healthy mindset 
and know that these people are picking this day specifically because they have all their meals beautifully yeah. lined up and oh I'm gonna eat and I I'm sorry but I almost guarantee that those people eat things that they don't film about oh for sure I mean this morning you know what I had on my side of my eggs and bacon a and cookie? fruit because I had half a cookie with my breakfast no I had french fries because Jesse <laughs> got called last night went into work came home at midnight oh, with french at leftover french fries he's like here you can eat them tomorrow well, instead of making hash browns this morning, I was like, hash browns, I can french just, fries? Same it's the same thing. It's the a potato. So I was like, yeah, I'm eating french fries for for breakfast. Yeah. Hey. And it was because they were in the fridge. No, Not that think. I would like go out of my way to like go buy french fries in the morning, but right. yeah, I was like, whatever. It's fine. But I mean, someone who was filming a what I eat in a day would probably not choose they that day They would not choose it. my day today. <laughs> my lunch was like string cheese and like ham. So I really like watching these videos. I, I find it interesting. I think I have a pretty healthy mindset because I just get like some creative ideas. I get inspiration, but I've been wanting to do some of my own to show a day that's normal for me, a day that I eat poorly and a day that I eat well, because that's reality, guys. My day changes from day to day. Like literally my intake will change from, oh my gosh, you're clearly a dietitian based on what you're eating. Very, very healthy food. To, hey, um, have you heard of vegetables? Do you like right. them at all? <laughs> I actually don't think I've had a vegetable today. Huh. And I mean, lettuce wraps. Boom. Nailed it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, thank I God for this podcast because it's leftover from me posting it on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. There's been days where I haven't had a vegetable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that it happens often. No shame. But it happens. It does happen. I, I don't think I ever go a day without fruit, though. I don't know if I, I go fruit. days without meat. Cheese. I don't go days without meat. And I consider eggs in that category. Right. Me too. Um, I don't go days without meat. I don't go days without cheese. Oh, I was editing I don't go days podcast. without coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Did, uh, on yes. my Instagram today I shared. Did you see it? Well, I saw your text. About the coffee? Yeah. How you get to go to Starbucks? Oh, I have really bad pregnancy brain because yeah, I don't remember texting. Because <laughs> I was pissed. Yeah. I could not believe I didn't have any coffee. I was so mad at Josh for leaving me none. Anyways, off point, off topic. Yeah, so that's our little tidbit about orthorexia. Uh, I think why social media has increased the amount of orthorexia that we've been seeing in people and um, how to identify it in yourself or people around you. I mean, don't call people out, but it's good to be aware that this does exist and it's something to be cautious of when you're trying to be healthy or make better choices. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in, guys. I think that's it. Thanks. We'll be coming at you next week. Next Tuesday. Because Tuesdays are the worst days of the week. Not anymore. According to me. Yeah. They've gotten better. Yeah. Mondays have gotten slightly worse because I edit the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Mondays (laughs) just aren't fun On 1.66 speed. And I can hardly understand what we're saying, but I do it. You're welcome. That's hilarious. It's pretty funny to listen to us in chipmunk voices. (laughs) Sounds exactly Let's like that. Let's put that at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to put little surprise things at the very end after our music for anyone who stayed. Yeah, you guys long. stick around. <laughs> stick around for fun. Just right at the do, end. Do, I just do, pop do, it in. Do, 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 do. And then you guys get a surprise every week. I know. It really is. I almost have something every week because it's exciting. Because we're hilarious. Well, last week, did you hear Jesse at the end? Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> mm, good. Mm, it's good. Good. Tastes good. It tastes good. That's what it was. Anyways. Mm, all right. Noodle um, soup. <laughs> <laughs> mm, noodle soup. 
Anyway, if you don't listen to Friends, yeah, you gotta get on board. Listen before, to Friends. Watch Friends. Clearly, we do too many podcasts. Listen to Friends. Sometimes they just listen to it in the background. Okay. Sebastian. What I was gonna say. Go on social media. Follow us at Diet Riot Pod. Nope. Listen. I gotta figure this out. At Diet Riot Podcast. Follow us. Share our. Um, share like take a screenshot of whatever device you're listening on and post it to your social media. Tag us. So we can see it. Your friends can see it. So they can follow us too. Um, so we can blow up the internet. And yeah, we're gonna blow up. Blow up. We're gonna blow up social media. Blow up the world. No, not the world. Yeah, don't say that. That started to get pretty. That's negative. like saying bomb on an airplane. Bomb, 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 bomb. Oh no. Oh gosh. Okay. Um. Or email us at hello at dietriotpodcast.com and let us know what you want to hear about next. See you next week. Bye.